All right, folks, welcome back to the Adaptations Podcast, where every week we bring somebody involved in fitness that changes. Some, sometimes they're professionals, sometimes they're athletes. Honestly, we're just fitness enthusiasts who want to spread the love. So welcome back to another episode. Today, folks, today we're going to be doing something that we've been doing with some of my powerlifting athletes that have completed a competition this is a meet recap. This is different. People usually do these on Instagram. Not us. Not an adaptations. We adapt. Today, folks, I've got my good friend, my client, Alejandro Toro. Yo, what is up? <laughs> what is up? Let's okay. tell everybody a little bit about Alejandro Toro. Okay. Who are you? What do you love to do? Uh, any animals? Let's see. Animals, yes. What do I like to do? I mean, apart from powerlifting. Let's see. Uh, well, I listen to a lot of music. I do read a lot of books. Uh, I'm a bartender in New York. Uh, I actually work for uh, Amex. And I love all of it. I love doing all that. Yeah. yeah we were that's, just, my, that's my shit. We were, before we were getting on here, I think we were just talking about happiness. Yeah. And I would say you're a pretty jolly, happy guy. I like to think so. Yeah. I like to think so. Um, I mean, just like with anybody, I have my off days. But, you know, that's just being uh, human. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's talk about how'd you get into powerlifting? And for those who don't know, powerlifting is, is essentially just a term that captures uh, strength training as it pertains to the squat, the bench, the deadlift. Um, accepted with the powerlifting, uh, typically a competitive powerlifter uh, competes at a meet that is sanctioned by some sort of federation. There's a few of them. WRPF, uh, our, uh, what's the other one? USAPL. USAPL, USPA. USPA. What is the RPS? RPS. There's uh, the RPS also. RPS. Revolutionary RPA? Powerlifting Syndicate. Yeah, that's the one. And then there's a USPA. Yeah. There's a few federations out there. Yeah. Um, but, and also a local gym can just host their own powerlifting meet. Yeah. People do the mock Charity meets. meets. Charity meets. They're just for fun, man. They're fun. We like to feel strong. We like to be strong, right? Yeah, man. So how'd you get into it? Well, I got into it actually accidentally. Um, I ended up, I used to just go to the gym just for like general fitness stuff. Like I used to be pretty overweight and then I started going to the gym, you know, started losing weight and everything and then started doing a bit more strength training and then eventually one day I ended up at uh, Retro Fitness in Woodbridge and I, <clears throat> I met this girl who kind of got me into it. She's the one who introduced me to Mako. She's actually my ex-girlfriend, but... We're not going to get into that. Um, but she was actually in powerlifting at the time, and she knew Maku from a friend, and she introduced me to him. Uh, he coached me for a little while, and he told me to compete at the charity meet, which I did, which was a lot of fun. The energy there was just so great. Everybody's just so supportive. I like it because it's just it's, – it's a very interesting sport because in just a very general way of looking at sports, like – in this community, in this society, nowadays, it's so competitive, right? Like, you look at it and you're like, oh, my team is going to beat your team. There's no, there's like, it's weird because these teams that are competing against each other, like, the way you see the players interact, like, they're supportive of each other, right? Like, you see them because they dab themselves up and everything at the end and all this stuff. But <clears throat> I like powerlifting because it's like, the people that are competing against each other are still supporting each other. Like, if I'm competing with somebody, like, that person's not going to tell me. It's like, oh, you suck. You're going to miss this lift. You're going to miss this. You're going to miss that. Like, look at how people are with, like, UFC or, like, boxing, right? Like, 
they're constantly trying to like one up each other whereas like in powerlifting it's like nah dude you got this like people are so supportive of each other even when they're the same weight class when they're doing competing against each other they're still super supportive and it's just like and everybody's just like rooting for you like there's not somebody that's like booing you out or anything like that like i found it to be a very communal sport and that's part of why i liked it michael showed me that and uh yeah so ever since then i just been doing it yeah i agree that the the powerlifting community can be very supportive um it's really cool i I like that you put that into perspective yeah you know like even as your competitor is going in before you or they're going in after you you have like some level of admiration or respect for their ability to lift a certain amount of weight if they're stronger than you and if they're not stronger than you um then you're also just thinking to yourself man whether you're this is your first meet like i remember when that was my first meet whether um they've been training for a while like oh you, you keep up with them you keep in touch and one day they do lap you one day they are stronger than you um and then if not then you just develop a very friendly rivalry yeah. where you're just like yeah i'm gonna i'm now squat you pussy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even yeah and even then it's like in support like i remember it's in support that's it, the yeah. that's the it's same still, yeah. it's still it's still in general like yeah even if like even when you don't hit a particular weight or anything like that, like you'll still get people who are just like, you had this man, next shot. Mm-hmm. Like you'll still get that support and I like that because it teaches you this idea of community and remembering that, you know, sometimes it's not all about you. Mm. It's just like, and I like that. And I, I thought, I, I've always enjoyed that particular type of energy. Um, while I am a big advocate for like, you know, independence and doing your own thing and being strong on your own, and that's great. Some people are just competitive like that, and that's just what works for them, like Taylor Iwood, right? Like he's, obviously he's, I mean, look at him, right? He's one of the best powerlifters in the world, and he's also a very competitive per- person, and he said it himself that when he's at a like, a, like a regional or like a national meet, like he's like, I'm not your friend. I'm here to beat you kind of thing. And I get that. That's great. But I also enjoy like the idea of like, having other lifters there who are like, got this, bro. Don't even but, worry about it. Yeah, that's kind of like the point of the community, too. I think overall, like, it's, 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 it is a community nonetheless. It's like, on one side, yeah, you got the supportive side where you're like, yo, you got this. And then you got, you know, competitive power lifters who, like, they want to win. Um, and then, but they still get the support, just not in the way that you may think. Like, I think if there was no community here, would he be as strong as he is? And, you know, I think often than not, the answer would be no, because yeah. he, he because of his rivalry with others, because of everybody's like competitive edge. Um, I'm sorry, because of every because of the edge that people are on, trying to beat their competition at the meets. Yeah, they push themselves a little bit more. I mean, you 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 felt the right the energy of having a crowd cheer you on and yell at you and shout so that you can get that lift and get it up. Just get the even though you you in your mind your thought is like you go like through this process like okay i got this i got this you step out on the stage wow that's a lot of people platform it's called a platform but i call it a stage yeah because you're literally putting on a performance yeah oh man that's a lot of people wow that's a lot of lights okay fuck i'm supposed to lift okay okay i gotta lift okay i'm lifting now oh okay okay i gotta wait for the commands because you're waiting for the commands and then you're like okay uh i'm gonna go now okay now i'm gonna go oh fuck this is heavy wait I'm squatting right now. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, like it's like this whole it's like this whole process. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that makes you think like, "Oh, maybe I should get into meditation." Cuz <laughs> damn, bro, cuz like 
the way that some people talk about meditation is like great because it it helps keep you in the present and that's something that i was actively trying to do especially like during the last both competitions like during those times i was just like just trying to have a singular thought like just be in the present and just think okay it's just me the weight that's it like it's just me the weight and this random guy just yelling these things these commands and that's it but it's like you know how your mind is it's like a tornado in there it's like it's like it's like it's like nice and mild at the beginning and the next thing you know it just spirals out of control and you're just like oh my god having all these crazy thoughts but at least with meditation it's like you can try to like unwind and calm it down and bring yourself back so i'm going to pick apart a little bit of what you said there because I want to get to know what's going on in your head. I, I, I've coached a lot of lifters, and you seem to be more of um, uh, 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 you, you think a lot when you lift. Yeah. It seems like there's, a, like you said, there's a tornado, and with the tornado, there's just a lot of debris flowing in the air. And um, for you, you kind of have to calm the storm. It is, is, that how you that seems to be how you approach powerlifting like it's a great way for you to meditate as well that's what it sounds like oh yeah 100 percent. i mean one of the things that i'm going to train myself to do in the future is to be a little less reliant on my music for one thing um i think i've just been relying on my music because it gives me so much energy but i've also realized that it sort of is a catalyst for my mind to wander a lot I don't know why in any particular thing, not in reference to a, a song or anything like that. It just, it's one of those things that's just like, like, okay, you hear something in the lyric and the next mm. you know, you're just like, okay, here, 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 here. And you know how your mind mm. just bounces around from thought to thought. And that's just kind of, yeah. It's but yeah. It's a little bit of sports psychology. There, there's some, there's that, that's why sports psychology exists is because, you know, you never want to get distracted. And I think that was the part of the thing that like we were talking about in the meet was, uh, um, you know, don't get distracted. And it's funny because I got that that statement, that advice, I got that from Matilda. She's the one who told me, like, when I was going to Adelante, she was like, don't get distracted. And I, she just said that. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean by that? Don't, don't get distracted. Like, what am I to get distracted by? And all of a sudden, I go into Adelante to the gym, and I'm saying hi to people. I'm spending three, four hours at the gym talking to people. Yeah. I'm about to hit a lift, and I'm thinking about what the people are thinking about me because they're all my friends, and they're all people I know, and I wonder if they're going to see me lift. I hope I don't fail in front of my friends. And then, like, you think about, oh, damn, I didn't say hi to this person. I yeah. hope they don't think I hate them. And it's just, fuck, oh, this is a good song. Again, they're all distractions, and that's kind of cool. It's just the ability to not get distracted is is, is a skill on its own. Yeah that it sounds like you're kind of touching upon. And so that was like my advice to you at the meet is try not to get distracted. And I think that'll be something that you could try to work on without the music because the music seems to help you focus. Um, there, uh, That's what caffeine helps for. There's other like supplements, like the focus pill from um, 110%. Yeah. That I, I haven't experimented with that yet, but I'd love to give it a try because yeah. it's supposed to enhance that focus. Uh, so that you could tunnel in to the activity that you're about to perform. And yeah. the people who are most locked in seem to do the best. Yeah. Like if you look at like a Russell or all the elites, they're like, you know, they have that focal point in the sky. Like it's just a point. Yeah. 
that they're looking at and they don't look away from it. They focus on it. They focus on internal cues, external cues, and then they move the weight. And they, they, the other thing I was going to say is with the meditation, the cool thing about your ability to bring yourself down, that must mean that you also have the ability to bring yourself up when the moment demands it. And as a bartender, I'm sure you're put into a lot of positions where you're like, fuck, I just got swamped with like 17 orders at once. People like 17 people asking for shit, mm -hmm. which means each one wants at least three drinks per. Yeah. And then you got, I don't know if you've ever had to deal with it, but then you have the tickets being printed from the waiters and you're just like kind of panicking in that moment. But you've learned to use it and ride it through. Yeah. And then you walk away with a few chings in your pocket and you're like, yeah. damn, I did that. No, nah, it's, that's pretty accurate actually. Cause there's so many days where that, that kind of seems to be the case where you just see like a bunch of tickets. Like all of a sudden you're like, look away for one second. And you come <laughs> yeah. back, and I'm like, why the hell there's six tickets printed? Like, I don't like, and all of these have like five drinks on them. Yeah. So it's just like, it's funny because when it comes to like bartending, I'm actually somehow, I don't know. It's just like automatic. I don't actually actively try to do it, but I focus instantly. And it's just, I think that's what I like about it so much is because my mind is so focused on recipes and specs and all these things. And it's just, as I'm doing it, I'm like, all right, that's all I'm thinking about is making this drink and getting it out. That's all I'm focused because it's, there's a directive there, right? Like you're, you know what you have to do and you do it and you do it well, right? And it, you do it well and you do it right. And it's like, it's funny because I'm usually like, if you see me at work, I'm like very social. In general, I'm just uh, like a very sociable person. Uh, at least I like to think so. And, but when I'm at, when I have moments like those where I get hit with like so many tickets and so many orders, I like focus down and I get real quiet. And I was telling my boss that the other day because she hasn't worked with me yet. But she was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I'm great. Like I'm good. It's just people keep asking me if I'm okay. I'm fine. I just I'm trying to get the work done." You just so, got to smile. Yeah. Like you I'm, might have a you might have a rust and bitch face, my friend. No, but it's, it's, here's the thing. It's <laughs> you like might have I, one. If I, when you smile, it's like you're welcoming this people. To that's continue, okay. That's okay. You just got. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. She told me. She told me. I told, it's funny because I had actually told her I was like, because the one of the head bartenders there was like, he kept the, he was seeing me run through these tickets, run through these orders. And he was like, are you good? What do you need? What are you good? What do you need? And I was like, I'm fine. I'm good. Just, yeah. Just, just, you know, stop. He kept asking though, and it started getting me annoyed. It's like when somebody tells you to calm down when you're angry. Yeah. Don't tell me to calm down. I'm angry. Like you're gonna make me more angry. Yeah. Um. So it's like, and then my boss was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah." Just tell Danny stop asking me if I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> like, fucking Danny. Just like, you hey man, Danny, if you're listening to this, stop asking him. Stop He's asking, okay. Bro. Um. But yeah. No, I mean, yeah. And it's just like with bartending like that, it's, it's funny how that works so automatically with lifting. Usually what I, I guess maybe something that I'd recommend and something for myself is just sort of creating this one thought in your head that keeps you focused and then using that thought constantly. Like for me, what helped during the meet was I just thought about like my parents because they were there for the first time. So I was just like very excited to have them there and they were like a good energy to have because they're not the loudest. My parents are adorable and they're like so mild, but I see them like with their little cheers on the side and I just, I go in there and I saw them and once I saw them, my focus like honed in and then that's it. You know, like that's all that, that's all that was in my brain. So pick something, pick a thought, 
practice it, like when you're going into these lifts, when you're doing your one rep maxes or your RPA, or RP of eights or nines, or whatever the program is that you're following, whatever the case is, like have that one thought and just keep it on your brain. Like it's fine if you wander, but just constantly try to bring yourself back. Like just that's what meditation is. It's not like finding the perfect like uh, equanimity. It's just learning to bring yourself back from the chaos from the from the storm was that like uh <clears throat> the first time your parents saw you compete mm -hmm. okay yeah i yeah. see they've i've been in at least like four competitions five competitions and they haven't had the chance to, to come to to them two of them were in pa that's part of the reason why yeah and also my dad's a little older so he can't really he can't really move around too were, much are you nervous about that about what them being there uh-huh very mm. very like it's uh, yeah, very much so. Cause it's funny. It's ironic. I found it funny because when I went in like for this competition, uh, I went seven for nine and the two lifts that I missed were my last two squats. And funny enough, since squat was at the beginning, I knew they were there. I just couldn't find them. And I felt like that's part of what distracted me was when I was out there, I was looking for them like just subconsciously like or just kind of my mind was just kind of wandering a little bit because i was like where are they where are they like you know and it's yeah and i think part of i mean there is other variables at play of course but i want to say for emotional reasons that part of the reason why i missed the lift was because i couldn't find my parents that's fair man yeah yeah, yeah. you know because once i found them mm -hmm. once i found where they were seated the rest of my lips just went off, mm -hmm. right? Like everything else just went great. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a very valid point that happened to me too when we went to the, I think it was like USAPL States. This is like some of the, the most stressful powerlifting meet that I had ever prepared for and competed at. Um, you know, similarly to you, my parents had never been to a powerlifting meet. You and I had competed at five for five years at that point. They finally decided they were going to show up. Uh, I was going to Adelante, and at the time, it was like the battle of the 93s here in Jersey. Okay. So it was like me, Nick, um, oh man, what's his last name? Nick, um, I call him Big Ta Dick. Tadric? Tadric, yeah. yes. Damn, I haven't seen him in a while. He's going to hate me for calling Big Dick Nick on the <laughs> podcast, but he's awesome, yeah. He hasn't. I think he retired, don't no? he? Yeah, he doesn't. He said he doesn't want to powerlift anymore, but it's because again the pressure out a lot. And, and this is the point I'm about to make. We got the him, me, Tom, uh, Mike, Mike uh, Wesniak. Uh, was there another '93 that I could think of? Uh, that was kind of in the running. Th that was it for the top for now. But it, for the most part, it was like the first. I don't want to say the first. It was a very competitive meet. Mm -hmm. We ha all had very similar numbers. We were all trash talking each other. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was like, who's going to squat 600 pounds first? Who's going to deadlift 700 pounds first? No one, we kind of knew, I don't think anybody was really aiming for the 400 pound bench besides Tom, Magarelli, and maybe Nick, but um, but that was it. Yeah. And uh, the pressure around Adelante was, I remember having people coming up to me and saying, honestly, I hope you win. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I don't give a shit. I want to work out right now. Yeah. I, I, I just Why'd you have to put that in my mind? 
uh and then we you know i'd have to go talk to nick and in my head i'm talking to him i'm trying to be friends with him but i'm also like i'm gonna beat you <laughs> and he's probably thinking the same thing but we love each other like we're boys uh but then you go out to the crowd at the meet day i had to show up showed up in like that blue tracksuit with the pink uh, Matilda with the pink tracksuit with the WWE championship belt. I had to put on a show, man. People were watching. We had we had spectators, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, it's come meet day. Um, the nerves are there, man. I like you. My parents were out there. Everybody was watching us. Yeah. Everybody was cheering us on, and man, we were, I was I was yeah. shook. I was scared as fuck. Um, didn't do so well that day. Honestly, I hit like a. 585 high bar like high squat in comp in, in in um training that day i only hit my opener i failed a 573 i think mm. yeah that's just something i should have done for at least two reps um but i think it goes back to what you were saying though like um one thing i realized that helps with that like anxiety that nervousness is um coming up with that recipe like in bartending Try not to get distracted and staying present and locked into the moment. Um, you know, just thinking of that recipe of uh, if, well, the only thing I know how to do is a Jack and Coke. Okay, yeah. Jack, Coke, <laughs> ice. <laughs> right. So like I'm squat. Okay. Load the bar. Abs. Think of external cues at some point. Yeah. You got to think of external cues. So chest to floor. It's a little bit of internal, but chest to floor. And now push back into the bar. Come up fast, yeah. fast, aggressive, strong, powerful. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't able to do that that day. I was just so distracted with everything. Yeah. Then came the next meet, the meet after that, and that's when I was able to like zone everybody out. It's so interesting, like you were saying, like zone everybody out. It's just you and the barbell. You're just going in there to do work. Um, and you think of those cues, like the recipe, down, up, and just get it done. Yeah. Um, but that's what I love about the sport of powerlifting is, is, is it's your ability to practice that not at an elite level. Maybe some people play like pick up basketball. Some people play pick up soccer. Some people pick up like volleyball, you know, they play all their pickleball. Yeah. It's their method to practice that. But the ability to play in front of a crowd, yeah. you know, to think, perform. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of sports in general. I mean, and that's the, I don't know. I mean, any sport really it's not like it's not conducive to just powerlifting i think powerlifting is cool because it gives you this i don't know my parents asked me it's like why do you do this like why do you like put your body through like so much of the stress and i'm like well it's not stress when you're like teaching your body to do it properly um eventually your body gets stronger and it adapts and it's like it's kind of like a little bit like life where it's just like you have these little wins it's not all big wins you know like you see some people post like, ah, oh, 20 kg PR, 30 kg PR, great, cool. Not everybody's going to have that. Like, sometimes you're not even going to PR. I didn't PR during this meet, and I still did great. I still feel great. And it's just like, I don't need to, like, always PR because I know that I'm PRing as I go along. These little ones, these little wins, these little wins for me, you know, I'll take those for myself. I don't need to be, let people know that I won. I won myself. Like, I have enough... uh integrity and confidence in my own abilities that I don't need other people's like validate not to say that that's what everybody does by doing these kinds of things by posting it constantly but I personally choose not to because I'm I like to keep it to myself I'm like 
look, man, I, I got a W, I won. There you go. That's it. It's mine. Yeah. It's mine. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to anybody else. I don't care if you know about it. You want to ask me about it, fine. I'll tell you all about it. Obviously, I'm a very loquacious individual, but it's like, I don't, I don't need to let you know that I won that one. So, that's it. That's good. Yeah. It was a good day. It was a good day. With yeah, that. Just, let's go tell people how it went. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this was, we're going to pull up the stats. Alejandro Toro, ta, 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 ta. Alejandro Toro weighed in at 74.8 kilograms. That is... Da, 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 da. 164.9 point eight. Damn, that was really close. Even John said that. <sighs> that was really close. Yeah, John weighed you in. Yeah, John weighed me in. Shout out John like, D'Alessio, yeah. the father of powerlifting. The only one of the biggest reasons why it's still prevalent in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, he told me he tried to do it in Delaware once. He did. He was like, try to do it in Delaware. He's like, it's a dead state out there, man. There's nothing <laughs> out there. <laughs> <laughs> just like, hey man, I could have told you that. But yeah, he was like, he saw seventy four point. He was like, oof, kind of close there, buddy. Kind of close. So you hit your opener on squat, one hundred fifty pound squat. It's so funny because then you, you know, no, no, it's not funny, but I just think it's ironic because that was the one where your parents weren't there. Yeah. Damn it, mom and dad. Because <laughs> then you 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 missed the one fifty seven and a half. The second time, based off of depth, the third time, it was just not there. Yeah. And I do agree with you. I think telling you to switch up your position and your toes, like I, I thought your hips are kind of tight. For you to sink it a little lower, it'll be hard. It'll be easier if you just open up your toes. But now thinking about it again, you seem to be very like adductor-oriented when you're squatting. So like you like to push your big toe down and just turning your toes out even the slightest, does bias more of the glutes. Mm. Although I thought you were a little bit more glute dominant too, but it seems to ha be like you really bias the adductor, your, your adductors. Like, I don't know if you noticed, like your knees, they don't they don't cave in. There's no like excessive knee valgus. But when you do squat heavy, there is some, and then your hips shoot back a little bit, and then you pop right up. But dude, those judges were being fucking tough. And and this is in no way dis this is in no way insulting their judgment because I think their judgment calls were they were honest they were good yeah they were just tough man they were tough they called you for depth and honestly when I was looking at it it was like just a smidge up high yeah and I was like okay I I think we might be able to get away with this because they're new judges and they don't really have that trained eye yeah and, and I'm like oh, they got yeah. it they got it that's good. They're good. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, that's yeah. kind of how you, that's what you want, though. That's what you want. That's what you want. Because it's like, you're not being babied. Mm -hmm. like, you're not be like, you don't want, like. It makes it fun. It makes yeah, it makes it, it makes it challenging. Yeah, it makes it's it challenging. Like, even though, like, a part of you is just like, oh, man, I want to win so bad. Yeah. It's like, come on, guys, give me that extra little help. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, you don't want that. You want the person that's going to, like, really challenge you that's going to be call you on your on your shit just because it's like look man it's <laughs> if you get the toughest judges now the rest of the meets that you do are going to be cake yeah right cuz it's right. just like just like hey man if i can if i can reach death with john watching me hey man i'm i'm good yeah like i'm like if he's approving of it then i'm good right i'm good I'm, i know i reached death he's like excuse me uh, i have a letter 
from mm-hmm. John D'Alessio. He said that I've hit death before. So just saying, just making a case for myself. Yeah, they don't give a shit though. They they will call you for death. They're like, I don't give a shit if John called. It. I'm the judge here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the one saying no. And you know, it's funny. So Rue, one of the you know Rue. Uh, he came up to me and walked to me. Uh, and I was in the judge's seat before. And uh, this happened to me where Tom brought up a, a call, like a picture that he had of one of the calls I made. And in the picture, it was like pretty to death. But I called it and, and red flagged it. And then I'm looking at the picture. I'm like, damn, maybe I made a mistake. Right? So Rue walks up to me. Rue walks up to me. He's like, hey, does this look like it's to death to you? And I'm like, aha. Somebody else made a mistake. I'm not the only one. I look at the picture and I'm like, nah, dude, this is pretty high. And they got that. It was really good because it was like an all black singlet and the crease was barely visible. But the top of the hip crease, uh, the top of the surface of the leg was above the top of the surface of the knee. Yeah. So it was not qualified. And folks, that's what the qualifications for USAPL depth is on squats. The top surface of the upper thigh must be below the top surface of the upper knee mm. so even 90 degrees is not parallel as, as even i'm sorry even 90 degrees or parallel is not to depth it's not to the usapl standards yeah. um but yeah good calls good calls like again made it challenging made it fun yeah. put us on our toes for bench and for deadlifts uh let's see here so for branch um, we opened up at, so for bench, I know we wanted a little bit more because it was going well in training, but again, those judges, those calls, we wanted it to be a little bit more conservative. I also wanted you to bounce back mentally from squats. And so we lowered down your opener from, I think we had originally planned like a 115 opener Yeah. or 117 and a half actually. Yeah. yeah it was like two, I think it was like 260. Yeah. Yeah. And that would have been like a PR on not a PR, but that would have been the highest you've ever opened. Yeah, for right. sure. But lesson to those first-time handlers, first-time competitors, when in doubt, lower it down. Because mm. at the end of the day, hey man, I just wanted you to have fun. Yeah, I wanted you to. I didn't want you going out there and failing in front of your parents. Yeah, and like thinking about your parents and having to like lift very heavy weight and being nervous. So we went down, but still a good bench day. Because all of those attempts flew. Yeah. All of them. 110 flew. 115 kilos flew. 120 kilos flew. And folks, for those of you who don't know kilos and pounds, that is 264 pounds. 264. I think so. Your opener must have been a little bit below that. Yeah, that's close to your all-time PR of 275. Mm -hmm. Right? So 10 pounds away from your all-time PR with some tough judging. Not too shabby, mi amigo. And then we move on to deadlifts. Deadlifts. Deadlifts, deadlifts, deadlifts. Well, actually, let's go back. Let's go back to squats. Uh, how? What are your thoughts on squats? How do you feel that squats were going during your meat prep and at the meet? Honestly... Like as a somebody as like a, I'm still considered at least to myself like a beginner as far as this is as far as powerlifting is concerned. Just because there's people out there who have done it for years on end, you know Taylor Edwards been doing it for eight years. Russell Lord he's been doing it for like the same amount of time. Jamal Browner same thing. All these guys were like super big in powerlifting, and it's like 
we all like to think that we all know that we have like one lift that could use some work, right? We all at least I like at least I imagine so that you know some people are constantly comparing it that way. We're just like, okay, my bench needs some work. Okay, maybe my deadlift needs some work. My squat isn't really my best. So for me, my squat, I feel like my squat has always been like one of my weaker lifts. Um, weaker in the sense of like consistency compared to the rest, right? Like bench was real honed in. Bench has been honed in for a while now, which is great. And deadlift is also one of those one of those ones that's like really becoming a bit more honed in now. But squat is the one that's like so much variability in there. Um, so, I mean, I felt good going up to it. It did knock me off my course when I got red lid for the, the second attempt. Um, I think that's what threw me off on my third attempt because I'm like, damn. All right. And then there was just so much going on. Um, but overall, though, I mean, I think it would have been, you know, should the uh, consistency had been there that day, then I think it would have been great. I mean, I could have hit it <clears throat> during the last competition. The last competition we did in January, you know, we went two for three on squats, but that was only because. It was damn. <laughs> yeah, the, that judge. Yeah. That judge was like, he made a bad call, and ironically enough, right after that call, they replaced him. So I'm like, it's kind of messed up. You guys should have, you guys uh, shouldn't have had him up there in the first place, but whatever. It's fine. I would have hit that. Just anyways. I know you would have. Yeah. 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 364 pounds would have been yours. Yeah. It is what it is. But, yeah, as far as the squats are concerned, I'm, like, a little shaky in consistency, but it honed in later. I mean, so. as far as bench goes, copacetic, right? Yeah, copacetic. Yeah. yeah. Word of th- rule of thumb. Keep it copacetic. Keeping it copacetic. Yes. Um, and then let's move on to deadlifts, my friend. How were deadlifts going in prep? How did you feel going into the meet? And with the results that you got, how are you feeling? feeling about that uh the technique the technique for deadlifts has changed a lot over the past few years um or yeah years i guess um just because i've i've always had this one particular issue that i've been annoyed with and i've constantly tried to change it but um now it seems like it's really kind of coming together um, as far what's, as the technique, what's, what's the issue? It's that low back rounding thing. It's just like so exhausting to watch. It's like we're our own selves worst critic. It's like every time we'll watch a lift and you'll tell me like, oh, you did it was good. It was a good lift. And I'm just like, yeah, but I see my back rounding. You're like, your back rounds every now and then. That's your yeah, like that your upper happens. back. Yeah. I think we were. I was thinking about your upper back whenever yeah. I was seeing that. I used to have like a real bad low back rounding oh, okay. during deadlifts, and I was like, "This is the worst." Because I don't want people out there thinking that I, I think it's okay to low to no, round your no, lower no, no. back. No, upper back rounding is. Uh, it's, 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 it depends, a, but it's okay for yeah, the most part. Okay. Depends for the most part. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, body mechanics vary from lifter lift from lifter to lifter, so yeah. it's just like. A little upper back rounding, that's fine. I used to have a real issue with low back rounding, and that's that was my my big nuisance. Yeah. So, I mean, but luckily enough, <clears throat> we've honed it in. You know, now it's looking a lot better, a lot more consistent. And nah, the deadlifts felt great. They all flew, mm-hmm. like all three attempts. If anything, the third attempt, which is, it's funny because that was a PR for my last meet, and that one flew faster than the second. So. Mm-hmm. I think it could have gone 
like three reds and a blue, honestly. But, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. You hit uh, 210 kilograms. That's what is that in pounds? 210 like That is indeed 462.9. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was good. That was good. I think the biggest challenge for you, like, it's, it's not even just you because it's really the hardest part about deadlifts for all of us is learning how to take the slack out of the bar and then use your levers to pull the weight. Um, it's it's a lot more technical than it, it is the way like you would think about it, like sumo. Mm-hmm. You think sumo deadlifts is just, just press up and that's it. But I guess to a degree that's true. You definitely want to do that for sure. But you also want to um, use your leverage and take the slack out of the bar to produce the most amount of force. Yeah. Um, mind you, you're, you're pulling something like really heavy fast off the ground. So for you to think of that technique and that skill work in a short period of time, that requires a lot of uh, patience. That's why the people like to call, say, patience off the floor. Be patient, be patient. Um, because, you know, it, it, when you're pulling the slack out and when you're using doing that, it feels like a long time at the bottom, like outside of the hole. You want to, like, instinctively want to get out of there as fast as possible mm-hmm. um, and get the lift over with. You don't really want to spend too much time lingering in that little area where it feels strenuous and just tough. Yeah. But that's the part where you're starting to pull most of the slack and most of the weight so that the rest of it just goes up. Yeah. And that's the cool part. That's the tricky part about, like, the sumo deadlifts is your lockout is determined by how well you came off the ground. Yeah. Um, conventional isn't always the case. Conventional, you can sort of grind out a lift. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think it's, I mean, take it from somebody who's like, I mean, if you follow any of these powerlifters, like, what is it, like Jamal Brown is probably like one of the best deadlifters yeah, in the world right now. Totally and he's strong. like, I mean, the dude pulled like, a thousand pounds for two reps like that's like it's it's hilarious because that's that was my total out of me like he pulled that with just one like just once i love those videos they're yeah. like he's my like, application to a thousand pound club yeah pulls a thousand pounds and he's just like it's he, it's insane but even he said it where he was like, and he's been doing both if you watch if you follow him on instagram you see that he's doing both conventional and sumo and one of the things that he mentions is Sumo is a lot more technique based. It's a lot easier for you to grind out a conventional lift, you know, compared to like a sumo. You can't really grind out a sumo. Yeah. You can't like, you can't like, there's nothing to grind out. You can't like, I mean, yeah, you're grinding, but it's like, at that point, it's like already off the ground, ideally. Um, But with conventional, it's just like once you could just like, like just kind of back it out. Yeah. Yeah. More, more, definitely more muscle. Yeah. And I think. That's why with sumo, because it's more skill-based, mm-hmm. you do end up pulling more weight. And also the range of motion is typically lower, yeah. you know, or smaller than the conventional. But the conventional, conventional is like, you know, you're like, you're like a different breed if you pull conventional. You're an animal. Like, you you you're, you must be, like, if you're strong oh. in a conventional. Dude, I mean, 100%. Like, fuck, I mean, man. Those at, guys, at, those backs are huge. Yeah. Always. Like, look at, uh. It's that guy that I showed you, Edward Blair. Edward Blair is this, I don't know where he's from, but he's, if you see his, de- his convention, dude is insane. He tore his bicep like a few, a few months ago. 
but he's already back. Like the guy's a mon- he's a monster bench specialist. Like the dude like benches like over five hundred pounds. He's and he deadlifts like he deadlifts conventional. When you watch it, like I like watching him deadlift. Con- he's the only person that I like watching uh, deadlift conventional because I'm like, damn, this guy's just a monster. <laughs> I just want to deadlift conventional like he does because he's just so like, like he's just brute force. He's just brute force. Like yeah. he's just like strong. He's jacked. Oh, so yeah. I'm just like, yes. But but yeah, yeah. Mm. So I mean, I I felt that they went great. Uh, second attempt, you know, definitely felt a little, uh, slightly heavier because I felt like the jump from the first attempt to the second attempt was pretty high, mm. which is fine because if anything, the second attempt was actually gonna be the opener, I think. Um, so yeah, it's good. To, it's a good way to get the confidence up, and then next you know the second attempt hit the four thirty and it was great. Then I went up to like 460, and I was like, still felt great. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a little bit intentional. I was playing a little, not playing a little game. It was like a different strategy. Um, as opposed to being so close in proximity within like 4 or 5% of each attempt, mm-hmm. I uh, did base it more off of kilos, like the total kilos, um, to give us some wiggle room in case we needed it to lower the attempt on the next one. Yeah. Um, but overall, it just it went well, man. It went well, it played out. Um, because, um, yeah, I just wasn't sure how you were gonna go into your thirds. All things considered, but for the most part, it was a really good meet. It was fun. I'm happy that you uh, enjoyed the competition. That your parents enjoyed watching you lift, and they saw you go seven for nine on lifts. Very good lifts. Any plans for the next meet? I think I want to aim a little higher. Um, I don't, you know, I did it at Adelante and I had been wanting to lift there for a while now. I had, a, I had been wanting to compete there for a while now just because I, I love Maku. The dude is just awesome. Such a good guy. He's amazing. He's a dude. He's, he's such a great dude. He can go instantly from being like the super like zenned out dude to like just a rager. And it's yeah. hilarious to watch. I remember, uh, but it was, I, I want, I've been wanting to compete there because I just, I wanted him to see me. Yeah. Right. I also like I value his opinion. Right. Yeah. Like he's still a, like a, a very important catalyst to this whole journey. And um, yeah, you know, I remember once when we competed at States. Man, the dude's got freaking gorilla hands. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like they're freaking it's massive. Freaking huge. The dude like clapped my back before I went for a deadlift, and I hit it, and it was great. Yeah. But then I went home that day. You're like I out my, my shirt, and I'm like, "Fuck, I have bruises," <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't go away. Woke up the next day and I still had them and I'm like, man, these guys' hands are freaking monstrous. Like I'm just like, but yeah, I mean, uh, as far as the next next step, uh, I'm gonna take a quick break for the next few months because uh, I feel like I've been doing nothing but training for the past like year. But I wanted to aim maybe regionals, maybe do try to do states again. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that'd yeah. be exciting. That'd would, be exciting. I, I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Uh, uh, you know, just a bigger challenge, you know, a bigger big, arena, bigger arena. Yeah. Um, different scene, different scene, different people. I wouldn't mind going somewhere like, you know, how like people go to like, yeah, kind of like Texas to, to do, I don't know what it is like nationals or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Right. Those are always fun. So, you know, I mean, I wouldn't probably maybe not nationals, maybe regionals, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how training goes once I get back into it. So. Fuck yeah, dude. Awesome. 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 Well, that's it. That's all for today, folks. 
Thank you all for tuning in. Catch us next time on the Adaptations Podcast.